Finding Home is a podcast series presented by the Irish American Archive Society. The Society is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to research, present, and preserve information about the history of the Irish in Cleveland. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy. Greetings. I'm Margaret Lynch of the Irish American Archives Society. Welcome to Finding Home. It's a podcast series about the history of the Irish in Cleveland. Last episode, I talked about how Irish people began to have more time for clubs in the 1870s. I spoke of how the goal of self-improvement animated one of the most unique Irish clubs of the day, the Irish Literary and Benevolent Association. I ended the last episode on a note of warning about trouble ahead for the various groups involved in planning the city St. Patrick's Day Parade at that time. I decided to stave trouble off a while longer and take a couple of episodes to look at the kinds of jobs that people of Irish birth and descent were doing in Cleveland in the 1870s. Today I'm going to focus on an enterprising group of Irish immigrants, undertakers. For the most part, undertaking was a family business venture, and undertakers had the freedom of being their own bosses. Everyone has to die, so there's a steady supply of customers. On the other hand, undertakers had to balance their books, manage their business, without appearing to take advantage of people in mourning. Undertaking was a relatively new profession in the 1860s and the 1870s. The new practice of embalming became more widespread during the Civil War as bodies were shipped home from military hospitals. And the undertaking profession took off from there. In communities where religion played an important part in major life milestones, Undertaking operated in the space between religion and everyday life. Priests said the funeral mass and performed the religious rituals associated with death and dying, and yet priests did not bring bodies to cemeteries or bury bodies. For most of the 19th century, apart from a priest, two outsiders were typically called in to assist the family of the deceased, a cabinet maker and a livery man, someone who dealt in carts and horses. The cabinet maker built the coffin out of six planks of wood, and the liveryman or drayman or teamster provided a two-wheeled caisson or horse and wagon to convey the body, and sometimes also the mourners, to the church and the cemetery. By the mid-19th century, in Cleveland and other American cities, both cabinet makers and livery providers began to specialize in funeral services. Of course, not every cabinet maker or drayman took on the funeral business, but some people who began as cabinet makers or horse and cart providers saw an opportunity in undertaking. Folks with one or the other of those skills began to add the skills and services of the other so that they could become a one-stop funeral shop. Undertaking began to be listed as a distinct profession in Cleveland City directories as early as 1859. The earliest undertaker of Irish origin seems to have been a Thomas McLean, who appeared in the 1861 Cleveland City Directory. He was a West Side undertaker and livery stable proprietor, headquartered on Lorraine Road. Information about McLean is scarce, but this is what I've been able to reconstruct from a few newspaper items and public records. He was born in Ireland and married Elizabeth McReynolds in County Tyrone in Northern Ireland in 1846. He and his wife may have arrived in Cleveland by 1850, when his oldest surviving son was supposed to have been born here. 
I don't know how McLean came by his interest in horses, but he was noted in 1858 in the Plain Dealer as showing a horse at the Cuyahoga County Fair. And yet, in the 1860 census in Cleveland, Thomas McLean was listed as a coffin maker, not a horseman. But perhaps he was attempting to expand his skill set then. He and his son seemed to have had a longer-term interest in horses and livery stables than in coffins. McLean had some prominence in community affairs. He was named Grand Marshal of the West Side Fourth of July Parade in 1870, but his name doesn't really appear in association with the city's Irish organizations in newspapers of the day. Born in the north of Ireland, he may not have been Catholic. He and his family members were buried in the Monroe Street Cemetery, where his grave monument, a towering pillar, suggests a certain status and success in business. Still, McLean's undertaking business seemed to disappear after the man's death in 1873. I recently found out what happened to his business, but I'm going to adhere to chronology and let that wait for a minute. In the 1867 Cleveland City Directory, the second Irish name appeared in the still short list of Cleveland undertakers. The name was that of Thomas Gallagher. Thomas Gallagher was one of the so-called Gallagher 99s, an extended clan of Gallaghers who immigrated from Tirana near Newport in County Mayo. Thomas Gallagher was one of six brothers who came to Cleveland during the famine. Most of the Gallagher brothers became draymen or teamsters who hauled and delivered stuff, though the youngest brother has already figured into these podcast episodes as a priest, Father Joseph Gallagher. He was a cathedral assistant and later pastor of Holy Name Parish. Thomas Gallagher worked on the docks and for the railroad before starting his own hauling business. He gradually developed it into an undertaking business headquartered at 117 Erie Street, today's East 9th Street. He and his Limerick-born wife, Catherine Reeves, attended and supported the cathedral parish, and his business was conveniently located a few doors down from the cathedral. Gallagher was never a leader in Irish societies, but unlike his competitor Thomas McLean, he seems to have been more enmeshed in the Irish community. He loaned carriages for special occasions, and his name appeared on committee lists for Irish events. Gallagher's family continued the undertaking business after his death in 1887, but the business did not survive the death of his son Joseph in 1914. A newcomer named Mark McGorry joined the ranks of undertakers in 1872. McGorry was born in 1829 in today's County Derry in the north of Ireland. His family sent him at age 15 to join relatives in Rochester, New York, but he thought to try his luck in California. He had to come back east and wound up in Cleveland in about 1864. McGorry was listed as a cooper or barrel maker in Cleveland City directories in the 1860s, living on the west side. Perhaps the young cooper was asked to make a coffin or two along the way. He must have crossed paths with the McLean family because he decided to go in on their undertaking business. The McLean-McGorry partnership is memorialized in an 1873 city directory entry. It's also mentioned in a book. It just so happens that Mark McGorry had a nephew named Hugh O'Neill who followed his uncle to Cleveland and worked for a short time in the McGorry livery stables when he first arrived in the 1880s. Hugh O'Neill later parlayed his livery service experience into a major transportation and trucking company called Leaseway. 
The descendants of Hugh O'Neill commissioned a researcher named Charles Iben to write a private family history titled The Red Hand Forever, the Hugh M. O'Neill family of Cleveland, Ohio. Iben said that Mark McGorry partnered in 1872 with Alex McLean to open a livery and undertaking business at 368 Pearl Street, today's West 25th Street. Iben further claimed that McGorry managed the horses while McLean managed the undertaking. He said that McLean, experiencing poor health in July 1873, sold his share in the partnership at that time. Now, Alex McLean was Thomas McLean's son. The O'Neill researcher didn't seem to know that the McLeans had already owned a livery and undertaking service for a decade, whereas McGorry's strong suit at that point had to have been carpentry. While Alex McLean might have been the McLean family's point person in this joint venture, the detail about selling on account of ill health better fits the circumstances of the father, who died in October of 1873, a few months after the business was sold, after their share in the business was sold. On the other hand, Thomas's sons, Alex and Robert, both kept a hand in livery service, if not undertaking, until their deaths in 1880 and 1881, respectively. In any event, the McLeans gave McGorry an entree into the undertaking business though Mark McGorry had a few hurdles to surmount before assuming full ownership. I mentioned that the McLeans sold their share of the business in July 1873. They sold it to Edward Costello, a councilman and director of the city infirmary. In those days, people went to hospitals to die, not to get better, so Costello's connections with the infirmary could have been good for an undertaking business. In fall of 1874, McGorry and Costello took on a third partner named Henry Dresden. But Dresden turned out to be an embezzler and had to resign in 1875. Costello and McGorry struggled for legal control of the assets. The partnership was finally dissolved in 1876, freeing McGorry to start over under his own name. Opening a livery stable at today's West 30th and Lorraine, he launched one of Cleveland's longest operating family undertaking businesses in continuous existence. Like McLean and Thomas Gallagher, McGorry had sons to help him. Three McGorry sons, James, Joseph, and Mark Jr., joined their father and managed the business after his death in 1891. But McGorry also turned out to have something that neither McLean nor Gallagher had that is, several successive generations of family members who were willing and able to take the helm in turn. James W. McGorry II in about 1919, James III in 1968, and Mary Susan McGorry in 1994. Like Thomas Gallagher, Mark McGorry was also an active community member. His name also appears on committee lists for Irish events. But Democratic Party politics were an even greater passion. As his plain dealer obituary stated in 1891, and I quote, Mark McGorry was an earnest Democrat and an indefatigable worker in the cause of democracy. He was always in attendance at Democratic conventions. As a businessman and citizen, he was highly esteemed by all who knew him. His purse was always open for the cause of charity or the cause of his native land. End quote. Mark McGorry's son Joseph was an ally of Cleveland's progressive mayor, Tom L. Johnson. Joseph McGorry served on Cleveland City Council from 1895 to 1899 and was elected county sheriff in 1906. 
the Magori accounts indicated that the family managed 400 to 500 burials a year in those early days. They were known for discounting funeral fees or allowing extended payment plans for those in need. Their early account ledgers from 1876 to 1936 are housed in the library at the Western Reserve Historical Society. An index to the collection can be searched online at the Western Reserve Historical Society website. As the 1870s progressed, Irish-run undertaking establishments began to follow the settlement of Irish immigrants into other parts of the city. In Newburgh, the McGrail family also found a way into funeral services through a livery business. In an earlier talk that I gave about pioneer undertakers in Cleveland a couple of years ago, I hadn't completely sorted out the generations in the McGrail family. I've since done more rooting around in public records and have a clearer idea of the family trajectory. Headed by parents John and Bridget, the McGrails immigrated to Canada in about 1850. Several children, including their oldest son Michael, were born in Ireland. Several more children were born in Canada. In the 1861 census in Welland County in Ontario, the household contained seven children, along with parents John and Bridget. The family moved to Cleveland by 1865, when son Michael married Anna Cummins here. Both the John McGrail family and the young Michael McGrail family can be found in the 1870 census in Cleveland. Both families were living close by to each other on Elmo Street in Newburgh. That's today's East 89th Street. In the 1870 census, Michael McGrail was listed as working in the rolling mills. Both father and son were listed as laborers in the 1870 Cleveland City Directory. I'm not sure how Michael was able to gather the resources for his own livery business, but he did so during the 1870s. At the time of the 1880 census, he was listed as running a livery stable. Like Mark McGorry, Michael McGrail had several sons who followed him into the undertaking business. Michael Joseph, Thomas, John, and James. Michael McGrail was described by the plain dealer at the time of his death in 1905 as, quote, one of the best-known residents of the South End. He was prominent both in the business and the civic interests of the vicinity, end quote. Michael's son John was the last of the sons to die in 1933. John McGrail was succeeded in the business by his nephew, Lester Gallagher. Lester was the son of John's sister, Margaret, who had married a Gallagher, no relation to Thomas Gallagher on East 9th Street, as far as I know. Lester Gallagher ran the family's funeral home under his own name at 9615 Miles Avenue for another two decades. Another early Irish undertaker reflected the city's growth eastward from downtown. James Flynn, a railroad man who was born in New York to Irish-born parents, made his way to Cleveland in the 1860s. After an accident in a railroad engine shop, he switched to making cabinets and coffins here in about 1869. Following the eastward migration along St. Clair Street, Flynn took on a partner named William Abel in 1887. Later, Flynn and Abel added a German carpenter, William Folk, gaining a cross-ethnic clientele. Froke proved to be the more durable partner. For several decades, Flynn and Froke made furniture along with caskets and provided undertaking services at East 53rd and Superior. 
By 1940, the funeral services were headquartered in a large house at 13104 Euclid Avenue in East Cleveland. Later, a second house was added across the street. The funeral business was renamed Flynn Milet in 1967, acknowledging the leadership of Flynn's son-in-law and grandson, both named James Milet. A merger and another name change came about in 1986. Now the Dijon Flynn Milet Funeral Home is still in operation. Gradually, cabinet-making and livery services were no longer needed as gateway occupations. Specialized technical skills such as embalming were required. Yet the community status of the undertaker remained a constant. We'll leave later practitioners for another day, but for today, I hope you'll remember the names of Cleveland's pioneer Irish undertakers of the 1860s and 1870s. Thomas McLean, Thomas Gallagher, Mark McGorry, Michael McGrail, and James Flynn. They served their community from within, offering comfort and assistance to their fellow immigrants at a time of need. Thanks for listening. I'm Margaret Lynch. Have a great day. You've been listening to Finding Home, a podcast series presented by the Irish American Archive Society of Cleveland. Find out more about the Society or get in touch at irisharchives.org.